There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the July. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to episode 128 of the Power Court Hour podcast. How you doing out there? I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, with the last episode of 2022. It is the December 2022 rundown of the show. I can't believe we're here, but uh, yeah, the last one of the year. And uh, my apologies, the last couple weeks, I have uh, been missing in action. I, uh, I, I did put that I was going to be out for a week, and then uh, things just got so busy last week, and uh, there's no, there no time to really find a, a guest. And I think also, as you kind of look in this rundown, I mean, if you don't already know, I mean, we're kind of going into those quiet months of music and everything anyway. So, you know, there's like a lot less going on for like, you know, having guests and stuff on. There's certain months where there's tons and tons being released. People are doing a lot. There's a lot to talk about. And uh, right now, a lot less. You know, everyone's kind of decompressing for the year, getting ready for next year and uh, obviously just enjoying the uh, holidays and everything. Hopefully your holidays are going great. I am recording this uh, on Boxing Day, I guess, day after Christmas. And uh, yeah, didn't have a uh, half bad Christmas, pretty uh, quiet and uh, everything. But yeah, that, that was the other reason, like with not uh, not doing an episode. I mean, just getting really busy with, uh, you know, getting ready for Christmas and everything. So it was like, yeah, I just got to a point of like, all right, I don't I don't think an episode was going to happen last week. And then it didn't. But uh, hey, we're back here. I had to make sure I got back on at least one more time for uh, 2022. I would I would 100 percent say this has been the best year of the show by far, by and large. And uh, a really good year for everything. So at least, at least for the show, not not for like I guess everything, everything. I did hit a uh, a deer too just a couple weeks ago. So I mean, not not like all is good, but I think with the show, we've had a uh, exceptionally great year and uh, really fun on it. So definitely want to make sure I could at least get on one more time and kind of talk December and really kind of like a yearly rundown kind of thing. But uh, I mean, again, like I, I was like. I was getting ready like songs and new releases of the month and like getting music news and stuff. And it's like, there's just not, there's just not a lot. I'm like, I feel like there's a little bit to talk about, but uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, same with this month. I mean, I just stayed, uh, we really had one episode. So, I mean, it's, it's even hard to even like talk about, you know, sometimes I'll go through like the guests and anyone who I've talked to for the month. But uh, Chris Wren was the only person I talked to, and uh, we talked back in November, like the last, I don't remember what day we actually talked, but it was it was one of the last few days. I think it was maybe that Tuesday, I think it was like the last Tuesday, so it was like the second to last day of November. But uh, yeah, that was the last time I did a uh, Power Court Hour interview. I have a few lined up for early next year, which I'm very excited about, and uh, some including returning guests to the show and uh, including some people we've had on this year. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, also thinking about like another one, you know, obviously if you listen to the show, you know, I do quite a few like album anniversary interviews and kind of getting ready for next year, you know, looking at what came out in like 2003 and like 1993 and uh, all those looking, looking for some uh, album anniversary interviews. It would be fun. I have a few that uh, I've not reached out to yet, but I kind of found the uh, avenues to do so and would absolutely love to have them on. But uh, I won't jinx any of that, but definitely plan on more uh, album anniversary uh, interviews in uh, 2023 with the show. I uh, I will say with the radio show, I, I believe I announced it on the uh, last episode, but uh, for 2023, we are going to go from, uh, I mean, we're four hours right now. We go eight to midnight Friday nights, and uh, next year we're going to strip it back one hour 
and uh, go eight to eleven. It's uh, that's just a hard one to do. That's a uh, you know the four hour thing. I wanted a longer. I wanted like I mean WRFA is cool. I mean they just allowed me to do that. I'm just like earlier last year when uh, life was less hectic for me. I was like, hey, I want to do four hours. Like I want to jump from four or I mean from two to four. And uh, I mean they were cool with it and everything. And, uh, you know, doing four is great, but I mean, weeks where I'm busy, oh man, is that hard to uh, get together a uh, four hour radio show on top of the podcast. So we are, we're going to cut it down. I mean, really an hour may not seem like a lot, but that's a decent amount. Cause normally by like the fourth hour, um, you know, including if we do like, you know, if we have a guest or an interview or something, I mean, we're done by hour three or four with that. So, I mean, you know, by that point I'm just playing music, which is fun. But when you're doing everything else, you know, getting that extra hour of music around, you know, getting those 20 songs and, you know, just getting all that together, you know, that can definitely take up some time. So that'll save me a little bit of time. And I mean, not like I'm really going to spend it anywhere differently. I just basically thought it would save me a uh, a little bit of time getting the show ready every week. And I didn't think anyone would really miss that hour. And uh, I could kind of dedicate that time, which definitely takes me more than an hour to get that hour around and, uh, you know, better use it in other uh, facets of the power chord hour. But the other cool thing, we're, we're going to do uh, three hours, and then we're also going to finally have a replay. We've, uh, I mean, going into year seven of the show, we are only we only air that one time on Friday nights. But uh, we're going to start airing, I believe, midnight to three on uh, Tuesdays, which is really perfect for us. I mean, we have those late night slots, but I mean, I, uh, I mean, who knows? It's kind of weird because I, I realize that some of our audience listens to one and not the other. Some listens to both. So I mean, I know people who listen to the radio show who have zero clue about the podcast. And to be honest, may not even listen to podcasts. And I have people listen to podcasts who'd never listen to, you know, who would never uh, stream the radio station. And uh, then I do have some people who listen to both. Those are, I can, I can't thank them enough. I, I have a few people who uh, I know listen to both of them, which huge, huge shout out if, uh, if that is you. But uh, anyways, with the uh, radio show, I mean, I can kind of play whatever I want. So I, I like those late hours. I mean, I, I play not that myself. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I definitely clean up my uh, language on, on radio versus uh, just doing a, uh, you know, kind of freeform podcast. But like, as far as the music goes, I can definitely play some uh, stuff that I probably wouldn't be playing if it was, uh, you know, airing at like three in the afternoon. So I kind of like those late, those uh, late times. But I mean, I wanted I wanted some kind of replay, including for the last year, because like I was doing those four hour episodes. They only air once, you know, so we would do a four hour episode and they really don't exist anywhere after. I mean, if I was gone, they would do a replay. So like when I was in Alaska and then ended up being out there for six weeks, I mean, it came in handy then. You know, we did get to replay some of the radio shows. But I mean, for the most part, I do those show. I do those radio shows and they're just kind of, you know, they just kind of go in the uh, in the archives and then. Every now and then when I'm gone, we'll uh, we'll play some repeats. But, I mean, there's not, like, tons and tons of it. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to having that replay. And, hey, I mean, I also look at it this way is it's, it's uh, what was I saying, midnight to 3 here. But um, on the West Coast, and this is actually that's what I was thinking, too, is if you're on the West Coast, or, I mean, even just somewhere else with a different time zone, um, you know, I kind of look at it that way, too, where it's like that would be uh, 9 o'clock. So that would be 9 to midnight on uh, Tuesdays for the West Coast. So if you listen on the West Coast, maybe that makes more sense for you. Maybe it's harder to listen to the radio show 8 to midnight Eastern on a Friday night. So, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to having that uh, replay, and maybe I'll have to go back through. I mean, again, we uh, February is going to mark seven years of the show. And, uh, I mean, hell, our, our first podcast, I think, was like maybe late December, early January. It was either like December 2019, January 2020. So, I mean, even even the podcast portion is coming up on like its third anniversary which uh, all of that 
is just absolutely insane to me. But uh, I'm very, I'm very excited to have that replay. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I will start doing that. I've thought of it a little bit before, but I mean, I have these years and years of radio shows that, you know, again, played like once, never played again, you know, maybe start like pulling those out at night, um, on the, on the station and being like, you know, the last hour of the show, here's an hour from, you know, the first year of the show or whatever. So kind of play around with that. I don't know. We'll see, but that's kind of the, uh, on the radio front, some changes for a 2023. I feel like, uh, as far as the podcast goes, there's really nothing, uh, crazy changing in the next year i mean i just hope to continue to uh have guests quite a bit you know at the end of the, like again at the end of the year here everything kind of everyone starts going to hibernation for a little while and taking breaks so like you know people aren't uh left and right like you can't grab guests left and right but i mean this year was uh was great for having guests and uh earlier this month actually i think i talked about it maybe a little bit or actually no because i don't know uh, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at a calendar right now. I actually don't think I've recorded a podcast since going to that show. So maybe I haven't talked about it, but, uh, earlier this month, I actually got to see the best show, uh, of all year. I mean, it was the best show I saw all year, hands down, but, uh, I want to go see Alistair up in Cleveland. And, uh, I know I've talked about, it. I was looking forward to that show. And then, uh, low morale, also friends of the show were, uh, on that. And then, uh, Eter- eternal boy who we've never had on the show, but I definitely am a fan of them. Um, they played, and I cannot remember the name of the very first. I, oh, I can't think. Of, maybe like Hey Stupid or something. I And I feel bad because I missed most of their set. I mean, it, from where I live to Cleveland is like two and a half hours or so. So, I mean, by the time I got up there and everything got to the show, I caught like their last two songs. They were really good. But, I mean, it was a four-band bill. And, uh, I mean, everyone was just absolutely solid. I mean, Alistair uh, played Last Stop Suburbia front to back which uh, I was sad because they played it up in Pittsburgh near me in September, and it was right when I was going to Alaska, so I missed it. And, uh, yeah, they came back and did, like, three dates. They played, I think, one date in Maryland, and then they played in Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and uh, just like a little weekend run. And, I mean, that's the third time I've ever seen Alistair live. That was the best I've ever seen them. Like, the energy was just – I mean, they've had energy every time I've seen them. Don't get me wrong. Very energetic live band, but, like, I don't feel like anyone stopped moving the entire show, the audience and the band – and uh, and the best too on a uh, Fullerton, which because they played most of the album in 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 a sequence, but uh, Fullerton was still the closer. And uh, they Tim invited everyone on stage to come sing it, so it was really rad to get on stage and uh, get to sing that for the uh, last song and just be up there. I, I was uh, Facebook live in the uh, song at the moment. And, uh, then he said that, so I just like, you know, with everyone else got up on stage, but I, uh, I got to record it. So I think most of that, actually, if you want to see the uh, video of that, I want to say it's on our Instagram page. I'm, I'm 99.9% sure I posted it there. I know it exists somewhere, but I'm pretty sure it's there if you want to go look for it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, really just the, I, it was the best show I've seen all year, hands down. I mean, I knew it was going to be a good show, but like. I left it going like it was I knew it was a good show because like I left it and I just listened to a bunch of Alistair on the ride home like I put them on right away but uh all the bands all the bands were really really good it was great to finally see low morale you know we had Justin Vaughn the uh, singer of the band on earlier this year and uh, he's just a good dude I, I always love talking to him and it was great to finally uh hang out up there after the uh, show and uh finally get to see them live the band sounded really really good did a good op Ivy cover and uh yeah we're just really solid and then it was cool too because at the end of the uh night i got a picture with justin and tim of alistair together and uh it you know two former guests of the show and uh both of this year too you know as we're you know it's kind of funny as we're talking about the year end 
and uh, everything. You know, both of them were guests of the show this year, and uh, both were awesome. But it was just such a fun night of just like pop punk music at the uh, it was at the Foundry in Cleveland, which I had not been to a show there since uh, 2014. With uh, I went to go see Hawthorne Heights. It's the only show I've ever actually seen at the Foundry, and I wouldn't mind seeing more shows there. It's a cool venue. But uh, yeah, last time I was there it was almost a decade ago to see Hawthorne Heights at the Foundry, and uh, on the way to go see mixtapes up in Cincinnati. I originally was going to see mixtapes. They were breaking up, and uh, they were playing their last like run of shows with Direct Hit and Lipstick Homicide and Boys and Elway. Yeah, Elway played that show. I was trying to think of everyone who was on that show. I want to say that was everybody. Uh, the band Boys, which Maura Weaver was also in. I don't know if they're still a thing or not. They're really good. They're only a couple of little like EPs and stuff out there, but they're really good if you like uh if you like like mixtapes or like Lookout Records kind of Green Day, the Queers esque like pop punk of the early nineties. Uh Boys is kinda like that. There was Boys, Lipstick Homicide, who Mora Mora played in like I wanna say have the I, if there was look, I won't be able to get through this uh, lineup because I'm just like reminiscing here, but I wanna say it was Boys Lipstick Homicide, Elway Direct Hit, and then Mixtapes. And of those bands, Mora played in Boys, Lipstick Homicide, and Mixtapes. So she played in, I think, more bands than she didn't play in. And also she used to work at the uh, pizza place that the show was in, which uh, was wild. But uh, yeah, anyways, I was going to that show, and uh, on the way, Hawthorne Heights was playing the night before at the Foundry. So it was, it was kind of like a last-minute show, too, if I remember. I don't know if they were on tour or what, but it was kind of like a last-minute, hey, the show's going on. So... Naturally, I had to stop at that on the uh, way to Cincinnati. And uh, yeah, both were good shows that weekend. But that was the last time I was at the Foundry for a show. But that was a really cool place to see one. And uh, funny enough, too, Justin Vaughn's uh, brother was on that last show. Bobby Vaughn, who we've had on the show from uh, The Promise Hero. He uh, he played that show at the Foundry that I went to. And uh, kind of like that opening band on this one, I got there too late. And I saw like his last song. And that was it, which I was bummed. I'd seen him live before that, but uh, yeah, it was kind of a bummer that I got there, and uh, he was he was already like finishing up playing. But uh, yeah, that that was such a good uh, that that Alistair show was just such a uh, just fun, just like pop punk, like I mean, just kind of a show. I don't know. I've been to some punk shows this year, but like I don't know. It was just kind of reminded me how much fun I have going to them. Like I mean, I, I guess it happens almost every time I go because I feel like I, I go. There's more space now. It used to be like I go to a show. And, you know, two weeks later, I'd be at another one kind of deal. Now it's like I feel like maybe I go to show, I don't know if I'd say once a month, maybe about once a month. I I would, if I if I sat down and thought of everyone I've seen this year, maybe i go to a show like once a month, maybe. But, uh, you know, it's like kind of spread out. So, like, I really like and go, man, I wish I was at shows all the time. And then I'll kind of forget it before the next one. Then I'll go and go, oh, man, I love it, you know. So it, uh, I guess, I guess, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that's kind of getting older though, too. I mean, that's probably most people. I, I went to more shows as I was younger and had more time, you know, definitely like in college. I mean, it just, I, I'd go to shows like almost weekly. Like that wasn't a weird thing to just be like, you know, oh, okay. I was actually, I was talking about it. Chris Wren, when he was on, uh, the last, last guest we had on here and, you know, kind of the, kind of the same deal. He lived in, in, uh, you know, Massachusetts and in that, in that area where like you can get to all these different States in just a few hours. And I'm the same way. I mean, I live in Western New York and you know, I'm like right on the PA border. So like Pennsylvania is not far from me. Ohio's not far from me. Um, I mean, even West Virginia is not far from me. Canada's far, like not far at all. I mean, Toronto's like, I like three hours maybe. So like, you know, I can be in all these places. So I mean, including in college, it was like, there's all these bands where like, you know, they do a run and it's like this night they're in Buffalo next night they're in Rochester. The following night they're in like Pittsburgh or something. 
I mean, there were definitely bands where I'd go hit all three of those. I'd be like, well, I guess I'm going to all three shows. And they were all close enough, too, where you could just drive home at the end of the night. And, uh, you know, I definitely, I don't remember the last time I did that. It's been a while since uh, I did that run. I mean, there was also, a, you know, there's a pandemic. So, I mean, shows are, you know, even even though they've, uh, it almost feels like they've been back for a while now. It's still, in the grand scheme of things, they're still kind of, uh, you know, reintroduced again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to get back to that, uh, you know, just going to see shows constantly. But, man, it gets it gets expensive. And I'm like, I, uh, you know, I also just making making the day of it and getting up there because that is the one thing. I mean, these places are close, but you do still need to have that time to, you know, drive up there or whatever to get there. But uh, I am looking forward to uh, my next show. I believe I have in the uh, books is going to be the Menzingers playing on the Impossible Past front to back in uh, Cleveland at the House of Blues. I'm looking forward to that. Um I feel like House of Blues never sounds like that's the cool one to say, but that's one of my favorite venues, honestly. The one in Cleveland, it's the only one I've ever been to. Maybe the other ones are awful. Maybe they're great. I don't know. Um, I always hear about the one in Anaheim. I feel like they always get really good shows. But uh, that one in Cleveland's always good, and I haven't seen a show there in forever. And uh, I Actually, I think I was at the last Menzingers uh, House of Blues show there when they did the After the Party tour five years ago, which actually I'll, I'll connect this again as we keep talking, or I want to kind of do like a rundown of the year, but a Dylan Flynn from the past, the bass campaign who was on this year and was also on five years ago. Um, I met him at the house of blues Cleveland when, uh, when the men's singers are doing their after the party tour there. So, uh, yeah, it's a, they were really good there last time. And I'm looking forward to, I mean, in my opinion on the impossible past is their best record, at least so far. I mean, I, I, I gotta give them some credit, you know, they're not done writing albums. They could, they could still, uh, outdo themselves, but, uh, I mean, tons of great records after it, you know, don't get me wrong, but that one's always kind of my, uh, I think that one will probably always be my favorite with uh rented world kind of a little, I don't, I don't know. See, Rented World kind of went for me for like, when I first heard it, I was like, I liked certain songs, but I was like, it felt like a step in the wrong direction in my opinion. When it, when it came out, I felt like it was a step in the wrong direction after On the Impossible Past. As time has went on, I realized I really, really liked that album and was kind of hoping that they were going to build on it afterwards, you know, in, in which they never really did. I don't think they ever expanded on that sound again, really. I, I think they kind of went back to the, uh, On the Impossible Past sound for uh, the last two records and not in a, not even in a bad way. They don't even rehash it, but I mean, they just go back to towards that kind of mood and tone and everything. I would say more than they do on a rented world. I don't, I don't think they progressed on that rented world sound, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be my uh, little thing coming back new year's. I'm going to go spend up in uh, or over in Springfield, I guess I should say with uh, Zach who uh, has not been on the show for a while, but Zach Gorsheski, who uh, we've had on, tons with my uh, buddy Kyle the bad boys of Illinois if you will um, I'm gonna go hang out with him he's got a new place so we're gonna go throw a little party have fun break it in a little housewarming slash house party whatever and uh, ring in the new year he's really close to uh, St. Louis so definitely going to St. Louis at some point in there and uh, hitting up vintage vinyl and a couple other things I always have fun in St. Louis but I also feel like I don't know everything that's there so feel free if you have recommendations in St. Louis for good record stores bookstores uh, dive bars, museum. I don't know if Zach really likes museums. I don't know. Some of those things are things that I enjoy that I don't know if he'll enjoy, but I know he'll enjoy record stores and dive bars and good restaurants and stuff like that. Like feel free to send me uh, recommendations. I would love to hear where uh, you would send us, but yeah, go out there. And, uh, I mean, just go hang out with him for new Year's. spend a couple days over that way. And then as I'm coming back, it only makes sense to go see the men's singers. I, mean, I drive right through Cleveland. So I'm going to go see them. I do need to grab a ticket though, very soon. Cause I know it's going to sell out. It happens. The last couple shows I was going to go to, 
they uh, sold out before I could get a ticket. Alistair, to be honest, I think Alistair might have sold out. If it didn't sell out, it had to be close to it. That place was packed. That it looked, it looked almost sold out. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. But uh, yeah, that was such. That was really it was the last show of the year that I went to, and it was also the best. It was hands down the uh, the best. But uh, it's so insane now to even look at the. You know, I mean, today recording this on the twenty sixth. I mean, that show was like I think December fourth. And I mean, it feels like it was just yesterday, but I did lose that when I, when I hit that deer, I was without a car for like, I want to say like five days, maybe four or five days. So like I, I lost a week in December. I really did. Cause like, same with like last week, that was even not having a show. It was like, I got so hectic. Cause it was like, I lost a week of going when I was like planning on, Oh, I'll go buy, you know, I'm going to go here to buy these gifts. I'm going to go here and there. I mean, I had plans and uh, you know, those were, those were just squash. So then, then come the next week, I was really um, running all around, you know, it kind of felt like the beginning of the month. It was kind of like easy going. I'm going to see Alistair and I'll have some time to buy some gifts and this and that. And, uh, and then, yeah, after I hit that deer, boom, it was just, <laughs> I feel like it sped everything up even, even more. It's, uh, it's been some crazy stuff, but yeah, I've been, I've been getting ready for the, for my new year's plans. Christmas was good, but it was kind of more low key. But, uh, with this one, I mean, I got to drive like I want to say maybe like 10 hours. It's like a 10 hour drive and then weather permitting. I mean, I, uh, you know, we, we got it bad here over the weekend, but nothing like Buffalo, which is 90 minutes away. And I mean, I, I feel like I can't even compare to what we got here with, uh, what they got in Buffalo. I mean, I don't think we had any casualties or anything like that. And I know up there, I mean, they had people like who died and everything. It was insane. So, I mean, hopefully, uh, everything's getting better up there. I know as I record this, I think things are still fairly crazy. I don't know if they're as bad as they were, but I don't, I don't think things are uh, back to 100% yet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, weather weather permitting on the way there. I was talking to Zach today, and he said uh, everything was good on his end over in Illinois. He said everything was uh, just fine. So hopefully it's all pretty much smooth driving in between. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of my plan here the next couple of days. So I'm going to get some stuff recorded and uh, get myself ready for uh, next year a little early on for the show and uh, then when I come back on the, uh, I guess it'd be the fifth. I guess I will be gone for a couple of days because that Menzinger show is the fourth. Oh, you know it's funny. It's a month. It's like actually I even noticed it until right now when I said it. That show is going to be exactly a month after the last show I saw in Cleveland and the last show I was at. So that's kind of cool. And I mean, unless we somehow fit a show in in a in a Springfield or St. Louis, but I don't think anything's really going on. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since I was, like, at a, at, I think I've only been to, like, one New Year's Eve, New Year's show. I saw the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones in, like, I think 2014 going into 2015 up in uh, up in Buffalo at the Town Ballroom. And, uh, actually, you talk about snow. That is, I've, I've driven through some wild shit leaving shows, driving back home. That, to this day, might still be one of the worst drives home. Like, I remember being, like, not being able to see the road in a lot of it. Like, it was it was one of those, or just a, like, pure whiteout. Like, it was, and it really wasn't that bad. I remember it wasn't that bad in Buffalo. Because, I mean, I'm really not someone, if it's that bad out, I'll just, it's like, whatever. I'll just crash in my car. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go drive through some real bad stuff. But I think I recall it being, like, Buffalo was fine. It wasn't until you got, like, halfway between Buffalo and Jamestown. And then it got really bad. And, like, at that point, I was in the great words of uh, Paul Westerberg, it's too late to turn back. Here we go. I mean, you know, you're at the halfway point anyway. So it's like, I could either go the one way and then I'm, and then I'm an hour and a half away from home or I go the other way, which takes just as much time and maybe it gets clearer, you know? And then it did once I, once I got closer to home, it got a little clearer, but I do recall, uh, just as well as I recall the show, I do recall the uh, weather afterwards being absolutely wild, but I want to say it's like the only, 
I think it's like the only New Year's Eve, New Year's show I think I've ever attended. There's been some I've wanted to and uh, didn't or didn't get to, sadly. I think the Suicide Machines in Chicago some odd years ago, five, six years ago maybe, actually maybe like a year after that one, um, would have been would have been cool, but yeah, none none planned yet. Maybe me and maybe me and Zach will uh, have a show. Maybe we'll jump on his instruments and uh, do like some Blink covers for everybody. And I can count that as my last show of 2023. But I can assure you, it will not be better. That actually, I can play somewhere on Fullerton on guitar and bass. So I think we're golden. So maybe we'll just cover some Alistair and Blink uh, at that at that party. I don't I don't know yet. I'll have to uh, I'll have to ask him. But uh, yeah, you know, I just I thought I'd jump on. I mean, I, I've been uh, very much this month. I mean, just kind of looking back on the show for the year, and uh, I did I did write out. I think it was on like our Instagram. I don't know. I put a couple places, but like just a big old list of all the guests we had on this year. And like again, just absolutely insane. I've uh, I mean, I've had guests on since year one of the show. I mean, since 2016, we've had people on, but I mean, it's never been. It's something I've always wanted to do more of. In some years I did a little more, but like really like, I mean, the first couple years too, I mean, I had like maybe a few a year. I mean, like the first year I had one and then like the second year, I think I did like five interviews, six interviews. Um, I think the year after actually I did less and then the following year I did like a handful and then the following year I started doing the podcast and got a little better with guests. But I mean, even, even if you go look at the track record between, uh, you know, 2020, 2021 and 2022, I would definitely say this year has been, uh, the most consistent for guests and even episodes. I mean, I, uh, I, I know we've taken a few breaks here more towards the end of the year, though. Some were forced when I was stuck in Sacramento, but like, you know, like last two weeks and stuff, uh, a little more, uh, being like, okay, I can take the week off. But I mean, yeah, pretty much this year was pretty consistent with having guests and episodes and everything, which, uh, definitely made me happy. But I mean, I had like, I was like going through and like, I don't even know if they're that I forgot some of the guests. It was just more of seeing them all like on a big old list on my phone being like, Oh man. Like, I mean, I knew I had a lot of people, but like I hadn't, it was something I knew I was going to do. I had the thought a while ago. It's like, Oh, you gotta like write everyone down and see who's like been on this year. Cause I did it once maybe like a year ago, like a master list of everyone who's ever been on. And I thought it'd be fun to do this year. And yeah, I started like writing it out. I'm like, Oh my God, I've had like this person on that, but like some really impressive people. I mean, at least like, for me, just like legends and stuff. I mean, people I absolutely love. But uh, I don't know. Do I still do I have it here? Maybe I will read it to you if it's still on my phone. I'm gonna see if it's on. Okay, it is still here. So here are the people I have on had on the Power Chord Hour in 2022, and a huge thank you to all of them. They have all been absolutely amazing. Uh, Victor D. Lorenzo and Janet Schiff of 1913, and obviously you also know Victor D. Lorenzo as uh, original Violent Femmes drummer, and also. Uh, one third of Night Crickets, who uh, put out one of my favorite albums this year, 100%. Like I was just talking about, Justin Vaughn of Low Morale. He was one of our early guests. Chelsea O'Donnell of Stress Dolls. She was always great. I was just talking to her, uh, or emailing her, I should say, the uh, other day about some uh, stuff in 2023. But she was great. She was another one. These are all kind of, I, they're not in chronological order, I don't think, but they're all pretty much within the same month. So all these people I just mentioned were on like in January. And uh, Jay Vicks, my buddy Jay from, uh, you probably know him from Quarantunes the last couple years and the NJPP uh, Facebook group and also his band Red Rover. I had such an amazing time. He was our, I really wanted to do more of it and he was like the only person we had on all year as like a guest DJ. But that was fun because we did like a hybrid slash, 
It was like an interview, but also he played a bunch of uh, New Jersey pop punk from back in the day. So it was like an interview, but he also was like the DJ. It was really fun. I wouldn't mind doing more of those next year, and we, we very much might. Um, Joey Cobra, who was on the most this year, three times. He did he did three appearances just this year on top of uh, the multiple ones he did the last two years. I don't even know how many times he's been on the show now. But uh, he was great. I He was on like way early talking our favorite albums of 2021. Then he was on to uh, talk our favorite albums of 2022 halfway through the year. And uh, we talked No Effects of So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes. I believe those are all his appearances this year, and he will definitely be on next year. I mean, uh, he is, uh, he's a local boy, and I always love having him in the studios. And, uh, yeah, he was great. Mikey Erg, I mean, that was another. That's one of those ones where it's like what an honor to have him on. Mikey Erg was a cool interview. Travis Shettle of Piebald, you know, we uh, if you don't know, we're the only friends we have. Um, shares the same release day as the uh, first ever episode of the Power Chord Hour. So uh, every year it's the same anniversary. So this year we had him on to do the 20-year uh, anniversary of We're the Only Friends We Have and uh, then played the record front to back and all that. He was a really fun one. John Jughead Pearson, I mean, a screeching weasel, even in blackouts, mitochondriacs, the mopes, all that. You know him, you love him. I mean, he is another one where he's up in legend status. I mean, he he is one of the ones specifically I think of, and I go, oh, my God, I can't believe I had him. Like, not only I have him on, but, like, just how cool he was and chatting with him after. And still, I mean, I still uh, keep keep tabs with him, and we still talk and everything. So, uh, yeah, that's that's one of those in the legend status. Mickey Lee of Mickey Lee's Mutated Music and the Rattlers. Also on the first uh, Ramones record, you can hear him. He He's uh, Joey Ramones' brother, uh, if you didn't know that. He also is the author of uh, I Slept With Joey Ramone. Really good dude. I had a great time talking to him. I remember that uh, I remember that interview quite well. Um, Bradley and William of the band Barely Blind. I remember having them on there, both great. And uh, one of those great TDR records bands. Shout out Mike Hollins. Jean Beauvoir, our hundredth episode of the podcast. He, you know, the basis of the plasmatics, producer, work with Kiss and the Ramones, solo artist. He's done tons and uh, tons. But he he's another one where he's a legend, and he's someone who I feel like I talk about a lot. Not even just on here, even on other shows that I do where I interview, like I feel like there was quips and like things he he told me that I still like will reference in other interviews ago. Like, you know, I interviewed Jean Beauvoir and he said so and so about this or that. He was one of those like I don't know, just I don't even want to say he's a very quotable guy, quotable guy or what. I mean, also just a very wise. He's been doing it forever, but uh, he's definitely one who still I think of like when I do interviews, and also even just for my own music, I feel like I think of some of the ideas and thoughts that uh, he shared with me. But he was really cool. He's he's another one. His book was uh, his book he put out this year, "Bet My Soul on Rock and Roll." Definitely, if you have any gift cards, I would I would say go grab that book, and uh, definitely a good read in uh, early 2023. Who else? Jeremy Porter of Jeremy Porter and the Tucos. He was another great one who I got to meet a couple months later. It was rad to uh, meet him in person and uh, even Radder just talk music with him. He's one of those guys where, I mean, we talked about his music. We talked about he he writes about music and stuff, too. Now he's a musician, but he does the like writing and kind of covering side of it. So he can talk his music, everyone else's music. I mean, he's just a fun one. Uh, Leo Dyke of the band Reminders. You will definitely... Uh, Next episode will open the will open 2023 with my favorite albums of 2022, and I promise you that uh, Reminders is on there. That uh, that I love that record, and uh, Leo was really cool to talk to. Leo was a great dude. Dylan Flynn, like I mentioned earlier, of the past the bass campaign, he uh, made his triumphant return to uh, the show, and really fun. That actually that whole month, 
the next couple guests are kind of like that because then uh, Jamie Wolford, who uh, was on last year, he was on this year of the Stereo and Animal Chin, and uh, this time he brought along Rory Phillips of the Stereo, also of the Impossibles, and uh, that was a that was a fun one. Talking to Jamie last year just by himself was really cool, but talking to Jamie and Rory, uh, just being the the huge huge fan I am of both of them and the Stereo and everything. Um, it was insane. That was totally insane. So that was really cool to have them on. Maddie Grace of Cluttered, who uh, I believe we'll be having her back on early next year. She'll probably be one of the first uh, interviews of 2023, and I'm looking forward to it because just like in 2022, she has an insane – I was just chatting with her. She has an insane amount in uh, 2023, so quite a bit to talk about. So expect her on the show soon. Uh, she did that interview with Chris of Talk Show Hosts. They did that uh, really great enemy use split, which uh, I can't recommend that enough if you haven't heard that yet. Um, I mean, really, all these people I'm talking about probably put something out this year and uh, well worth your time checking out. And also, if you go back and listen to these episodes, we probably talk about whatever project it is that uh, I'm currently telling you to go listen to. Uh, John Doe of X, I mean, that's – he, he not even just this year, like of of just the the – the existence of the power court hour, one of the biggest just honors. Like I, I still think of him and go, Oh my God, like I had John Doe on the show. Like I had John, like that's John Doe. Like that's insane. Like I know Paul Westerberg's like my all time favorite songwriter, but like he's only a few notches below Westerberg as like best songwriters of the eighties. Like, I mean, he's, he's up there possibly he's at least in the top 10, possibly top five. So like, you know, again, it just goes that where it's like, wow, and he's on like my dumb show and and talked to me for well over an hour. I mean, I could go on forever about uh, that interview with John Doe. That was unreal and really, really cool. And uh, I think the coolest thing, too, is that he said him and, Ex- him and Exene were uh, in the early stages of uh, working on the next X record, which, my God, would that be pretty cool if I could have John and Exene together and uh, talk to both of them. That That would be pretty rad. A boy can dream. But uh, then again, there was a time I definitely didn't think John Doe would ever be on the show. So crazier things have happened. Uh, Tony Scalzo of the band Fastball, that was a fun one. I That was just – that was a real fun just laid-back conversation with him. He was he was really cool. And uh, I always hear from other other uh, people who know him that he's a great dude. I remember when I uh, put out that I was going to interview him, Greg Eklund from Everclear uh, texts me, and he's like, oh, he's a great dude. Like, I'm happy you're having him on. He's a, he's a really rad dude. And uh, – He's like when uh when Everclear and Fastball used to tour together in the '90s. He's like he was like Greg said he was like one of the Fastball or one of the few bands he would go out like every night and watch. And that has to be I'm sure when you're on tour, it's like you really want to watch you know whatever band you're you're uh, touring with. You know I'm sure after a while you watch them a couple nights. But I don't know if you gotta watch them every single night. He's like you you would go watch them every single night. And they are they're such great they're great musicians. That uh that album the Deep End they put out this year, excellent excellent stuff. Uh, Joe Rio and Rob Freeman of Hidden in Plain View, they were great. Joe was a returning guest, and uh, just like with uh, Jamie from the Stereo, you know, he brought his uh, he brought his uh, bandmate with that time. That was Rob's first time on the show, and he was really fun. Um, another returning guest, Tim Rogner of Alster, like I was talking about, that was the second time, first time since uh, 2019, and we got to talk all about Last Stop Suburbia, and I got to hear him play it front to back earlier this month. I mean, Don McLean, that was pretty damn cool. He He's another one, including, like, lyricists. I mean, he's insanely talented. Like, those singer-songwriters of, like, the 60s and 70s, I mean, I put them right up there with Dylan. So, uh, yeah, that was a, that was another really, really unreal one. When when that whole opportunity came, I was like, uh, hell yeah, I'll interview Don McLean. Like, yeah, let's have him on, like, of course. 
So that was a really cool one. Uh, Scott Radinsky of Poli, that was a really fun one. Danny and David of No Win, they were both great. Uh, Dodger Stadium, their record is another one of my favorites of uh, the year, 100%. You know, and I only kind of tease that. We'll get into that this next episode. I'll get like in depth on these records and talk about them more. But uh, Joey of the band Near Beer, he was really cool. Mark McMillan of Hawthorne Heights and the Story Changes, he made his uh, his second appearance on the show. Uh, Komodos, we had the whole band, and they're great. They uh, they just put out their uh, debut EP last month and are doing some really cool things in New York City. It's rad to see them uh, doing stuff all over the city from uh, the looks of it. Great graph and a bad religion. I mean, my God, I mean, that was only a couple episodes back. But, I mean, another one. I don't have to tell you that. Insane, insane honor. And then right after that, Black Dolly of the Dwarves. I mean, those back-to-back were pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, Adam and Chris of the Eves, great, great Buffalo band. I will probably... Actually, speaking of shows, too, coming up, they have an uh, album release show that they announced uh, up at Mohawk Place in Buffalo next month in January. So I will more than likely be at that show. So uh, after the Menzingers, I think the next one on the uh, plate will be the Eves for an album release show, which I'm really looking forward to. And, uh, yeah, then our final guest of the year, Chris Wren of Bridge Nine Records. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, just looking at that list, I mean, insane. I, I can't think – I mean, I got to thank all of them. Huge shout-out to all of them. Everyone was a good guest. It really – no one, I promise you, no one who came on this year, or really ever, I've never really had anyone on the show who I can like, there's no nightmare stories that I can really share with you. I mean, you know, let's hope it stays that way, but like there's nothing I can really like behind the scenes stories where I go, you know, this person was horrifying or, you know, it's just a real ass or anything. I really have been pretty lucky, but I mean, especially this year, everybody has been especially cool. I, I had a great time talking to everyone. So, I mean, huge thank you to uh, everyone who's been on a guest on the show. I mean, like I was saying, it's uh, been very important to me to have more people on, and I finally uh, kind of did it this year, I feel like. So, and I, another one, I mean, you know, guests, the guests are the one side and the other side. Thank you for listening. I mean, huge shout out. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've listened to other episodes, and, uh, you know, thank you. Because, again, I mean, this year has been uh, really, really cool. So, uh, thank you for listening to any and all episodes. And, uh, I mean, being a reason why I can get these cool guests. You know, no one's going to come on if no one listens to this show. And uh, if no one's listening to the show, I'm not going to do the show. So, you know, there's this real cycle here where, uh, you know, one kind of exists because of the other. So, uh, yeah, huge shout out to you for uh, listening and uh, spreading the word. Everyone's been really cool. I mean, really like hands down my uh, favorite year of the show so far. You know, I mean, we're we're six years in and uh, it's cool to be like, oh, like this is the best one so far. And uh, just so far, kind of like I was saying with the Menzingers earlier, you know, they're still making albums. We're still making episodes. So maybe 2023 will uh, be even better but uh yeah i have some new music there is again like music just the music industry kind of slows down november december and uh i feel like doesn't get really sped back up and doing a whole lot till not till like march or april march march tends to like i feel like this year things i probably kind of started really happening in like march those first couple months definitely kind of dead you know you're, you're still kind of promoting things from the year before but uh, some new music out this month, a new single from Bayside, Go to Hell, which uh, I'll play you here in a second. The Interrupters put out an acoustic version of their song Raised by Wolves. White Reaper put out another new single called Fog Machine, and uh, I'll also play that for you in a second. I know I played their uh, their last uh, single, but I, I'm loving these singles. I, I got to say, their new album, Asking for a Ride, is one of my most anticipated of, uh, of the new year, and that comes out in January. So actually, like, I think we're like a month of, actually... It comes out the 27th of January, so we're looking at like almost exactly a month from now. 
And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Newfound Glory, Get Me Home. That is a new single they just put out. No Effects put out their, uh, what is supposed to be their final album. It is called Double Album. I will be honest with you. I have not listened to that album yet. Uh, as you probably know, was definitely not a fan of single album. So I'm not like, I don't know, I haven't felt the need to jump on double album per se. But at the same time, I mean, I've loved No Effects for years. So I got to throw it out there that it, that it's out there. I don't, I don't know if it's good or not after that last album. I don't know that I want to check it out. But that is there if you would like to listen to it. Uh, out of Service just did a, a vinyl reissue of their sophomore record, Burden. So not a new album, but a, a new pressing of that album if you're uh, looking for it on vinyl. Anti-Flag just bought a new single, Victory or Death. We gave them hell. I believe they do have a new record coming out sometime in uh, 2023, probably on the uh, early end. And uh, Justin Courtney Pierre, he put out probably my favorite thing of the uh, of the month, and that's his new Permanent Midnight EP. And uh, I'm going to play you something off that right now, off of uh, the new EP. Here's Justin Courtney Pierre with You're the Reason on the December 2022 rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast. I never used to be scared of everything I took a chance and woke up with this wedding ring on my finger I owe you for fucking up your life I just hope I can make it up to you
falling down bad shit sort of way mistakes were made and they'll be made again is the December 2022 rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast. And right there, you just heard one from Bayside. That was their new single, Go to Hell. I believe that's a standalone. I don't actually think they have like a new album announced or anything. I think that's just kind of a uh, standalone single there. And uh, before that, White Reaper with Fog Machine, a single off their upcoming record, Asking for a Ride. That'll be out January 27th. I mean, depending when you're listening to this, maybe it's even out now. But uh, I'm looking forward to that one. Would love to interview one of them. I mean, White Reaper 
is uh, I've probably talked about this, but like a show I kick myself for not going to, and it wasn't even that long ago, but uh, when I was still living in Minneapolis, White Reaper and the Dirty Nil played uh, uh, 7th Street Entry, and it was, I was a fan of the Dirty Nil, but I was kind of like, like I liked them, but they weren't like, like now they're one of my favorite bands. Like if they played around me, I would go like, I mean, they were playing, you know, like I was talking about earlier, they were playing Cleveland or something. I'd be up in Cleveland tomorrow. Like I a hundred percent. I mean, they were playing, I mean, I lived on first Avenue and, uh, that venue is, I mean, seventh street, but right off first Avenue. Um, it was, it was the dirty nail and white reaper. And at the time I really didn't know white reaper. I think I heard a song or two and it just wasn't my thing. I wasn't that into them. Actually, you know what? This what you know what? I got into White Reaper like just as I was leaving leaving Minneapolis. So I actually think it was earlier. I think it might have been like early 2018, early 2019. They played, and uh, yeah, at that point I was like, I I just started listening to Dirty Nil, but I was like, I only really knew Master Volume. I was kind of a casual fan, and White Reaper. I'd only heard a song or two, and just wasn't really that into them. Now I love both those bands, and I can't believe I wasn't at that show. I mean, literally, I mean, I, I can't tell. I mean, First Avenue and 7th Street Entry are the same venue. And uh, First Avenue is obviously on First Avenue if you can't piece that together. And uh, I used to live on First Avenue. Now, further down, but I mean, I lived eight minutes. It was like an eight-minute drive. Like, it was it was a one-way. It was a pain in the ass. It was quite a long street. But, yeah, I lived on the same street like eight minutes up. And, uh, yeah, Really, really kind of kick myself on that one. You know, people kind of have those shows, but I feel like you don't realize it till years later. And uh, I felt that one like, I think months later. Yeah, like as I started getting into uh, White Reaper and got into the Dirty No More, I like quickly realized I was like, oh, what a mistake I made. Like, not only do I like both these bands, both of them are known for their live show. Like, both of them are known very much for having this amazing live show. So I really did blow it with that. But uh, yeah, that is that is like one of those off the top of my head. If you ask me like a show I didn't go to that I regret missing, that one sits up there because I love both of them a ton and have seen neither live either. I'm very sad. Zach, uh, who I'm going to spend New Year's with, he did get to see the Dirty Nil. I don't know if he listens to White Reaper. I need to get him turned on to them. I think he would like that uh, that guitar work. They're, they're some amazing musicians in that band. And uh, opening up that block of music was Justin Courtney Pierre with You're the Reason off his new EP, Permanent Midnight. Probably my favorite thing to get released this year. Now, uh, that one I was at, I did see, uh, actually the first show I ever saw at 7th Street Entry was uh, Justin Courtney Pierre for the uh, album release off his uh, solo record, In the Drink, one of my favorite albums of uh, 2018. That album holds up really well. I forget what song I played recently on the radio show, but I played something off of it, and uh, I, I think that's some of his best songwriting. These EPs have been great, but uh, I'm still waiting for that second record, which I think he just wrote something, actually, because I know, I know he... Uh, just put a big old uh, kind of lengthy like update on a like Instagram a, a week or so ago I saw and uh, you know he's just kind of talking about where he is mentally and uh, the new EP and everything but I believe he did say something about how he was like started to write the follow-up and then I think like the pandemic happened and then it just kind of worked out they started doing these EPs instead but uh, yeah I would still love a follow-up to in the drink but these uh, EPs have been really good but yeah I got to see that show and at the time, Motion City Soundtrack were still broken up, so it was cool because a couple of the dudes, Josh Kane and uh, oh Claudio, their uh, their drummer when Tony Thaxton wasn't in the band, they were both there. So it was uh, it was three fifths of Motion City Soundtrack, and uh, they played a couple songs and they sounded really good. Actually, they sounded really good with only uh, oh man, what were they missing? They didn't have a bass and no keyboard. 
yeah, no keyboards. So it was a baseless keyboardist or keyboardless uh, Motion City soundtrack. But they played like I forget they played a couple songs. I want to say like two or three songs, and uh, were really really excellent. And then I also got to see uh, Justin play a, a a solo or not a solo set. Like his he played his solo songs. We had a backing band with him, who uh, same one at the Seventh Street show, but uh, who played one of the parks up in Minneapolis. It was a cool uh, series. I don't know if they still do. But uh, it was like a free weekend concert series slash movie. So uh, a band would play, and then they would show a movie after. Like the band Low, like they played one of them. Uh, Justin played one of them. Porcupine, a really good band that Greg Norton from Husker Du was in for a while. Um, they played it. I missed that one, sadly. But, uh, oh, what played? Oh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, I believe, played with uh, Justin Courtney Pierre, which I just got to be honest. I know people love that movie. I can't stand that movie, so I left before it, it started. <laughs> I gotta, I just got to throw that out there. I did not stay for the movie. I know people love that movie. I saw it once when it came out. And it was like, nah, I'm good. I wasn't really into it. So I was like, nah. 20, 2019, Anthony didn't feel the need to uh, stay after the set and watch that. But I got to tell you, it was really rad to see him play. And when I say play a park, there's this really, really gorgeous stage there. Like, I can't – I've said it on here, and I know I keep saying I've said whatever on here, but it's true. I'm redundant, I guess. What I guess I'm saying is you've heard me say all this before, but um, the park system in Minneapolis and St. Paul is absolutely insane. It's the greatest city park system you will find. I mean, it's just it, – hands down, I've never, I've never been to another city or cities with that kind of park system. And uh, the fact that they even have, like, and good bands. Like, again, I just said, like, Low and Porcupine and Justin Pierre and stuff. Like, they get good acts there. And, uh, yeah, this this one park has an amazing stage. I'm blanking on the name. Um, it might be, like, Harriet Park or something, but that, that might also be wrong. And they have so many parks up there, too, that uh, there's, many, there's many names to remember. But it's the one – I know it's the one uh, by the cemetery. But there's, like, this huge stage right on the lake. It's, like, gorgeous, really nice place for a show. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a really cool one. But uh, yeah, I'd love a uh, follow up to In the Drink because that was really good. Yeah, like a new Motion City soundtrack album. If I'm not asking for too much, that would uh, that'd be kind of cool too. But uh, a couple more things here, and we will end this one. Um, some sad news, and I've talked about this. Like every time I play the Sidekicks on the radio show, I say that they haven't like officially broken up, but they haven't done anything in years. Um, no, now they have officially, they have announced it. I can, I can stop saying that on the radio show. They have announced they have broken up the, uh, the sidekicks are no more, which makes me very sad. I mean, they were around for a while there, but I didn't really catch on until, uh, 2018 when happiness hours came out and, uh, that record, I mean, I still love that record. Like I, I, I still listen to it a good amount and uh, it's it was one of my favorites of 2018. It sits there, you know. Sometimes my list would change. Like if I look at my list right now, I'm sure there's albums I would take off of that list. Um, and I'm sure there's probably albums on that list that I haven't listened to in uh, almost five years. But uh, that album's not one of them. I still I still think that album's so good. I mean, just they're they're just a no nonsense good like power pop band, like really good influences. And uh, I'd heard of them. I kind of slept on them because I heard of them from years because they were from right up in uh, Cleveland. So, like, they would play. Funny enough, I never saw a show that they played on. But, like, I would know enough people, you know, and there'd be enough bands that I liked, even shows I might have missed that, you know, they were still on the bill or something. So, like, you know, I'd, I'd say, actually, funny enough, as, I, as I'm saying that, I have a picture with me and Jeff Rosenstock and Chris Farron. And uh, Jeff Rosenstock's wearing a sidekick shirt. So, uh, you know, things like that. Like, I would see – and that was that was a couple years before I, like, listened to him. 
And, uh, you know, so like I would see their name and I like was aware of them. But uh, yeah, it took me a while to listen to them. They're around for a while and I have a couple albums out. But uh, Happiness Hours, in my opinion, is their best. And uh, Medium in the Middle is like my favorite song of theirs. I'm like, that song is just so good. The whole record's good. But like that song in particular, I'll probably though too, like, you know how like people attach nostalgia and stuff to things. I listened to that album when it came out, summer 2018. I was on a four month uh, cross country trip. I had quit my job at Kiss FM. Uh, doing top 40 radio and I didn't know what I was doing I eventually all I said was I was well what was really happening I don't know it's a very very long and drawn out and this is this goes much further than the sidekicks but it's my podcast so I guess I can do this but um anyways I quit my job I was going to Maui because my cousin was getting married and uh I had some family who already had a condo and stuff and they're like if you can get yourself out there it's like you got a free place to stay we went for 11 days and I had a free place sometimes I for Sometimes I forget until I say it out loud that 11 days in Maui is insane, but I had a free place to stay. I didn't charge. I mean, I slept on, on a pullout couch and I had to share that pullout couch. And a couple of times I uh, slept on a patio or, or uh, on the ground of a uh, balcony, I should say, not a patio and uh, you know, things like that. But it was, you know, it, it was actually pretty uh, cheap actually to fly there because I flew from uh, uh, San Francisco. So, I mean, it wasn't like from East coast over, it was only like a four hour flight, but it wasn't bad. But anyway, um, my whole trip, like I went out for four months, I was doing that, and I was like, all I know is I won't come home until I find an apartment and a job somewhere. Like you know, at the time I was thinking of uh, Portland and Salt Lake City and Minneapolis. And I ended up in Minneapolis, but it was on that it was on that trip. I actually on that four month trip, um, going going to Maui, driving up the uh, Pacific Coast Highway, uh, almost all the way through, meeting Blake Schwarzenbach outside a. a uh, jawbreaker show and then a week later covering boxcar by jawbreaker with the ataris because chris rowe was sick and they had no singer um some wild wild things on that trip but anyway that uh that album had just come out and uh i was driving in a lot of places where uh you know you don't have cell phone reception so whatever you have i did have a cd player so thankfully when i was buying cds at record stores i could play those but i only had so many with me so really anything I downloaded on my phone was getting a lot of listens. And this was one of those albums, this listen, this album got so many listens. So like this, like even like medium in the middle just brings me back to driving through like Oregon, like, like where it's wild. Cause if you've never been to like the Pacific Northwest, it's crazy where like in the summer you'll be like on the coast and it's like, it's foggy and 70, but it is like August, you know? And if you're down in California, I mean, it's goddamn hot. And uh, all of a sudden you're in this really weird, like, it's kind of hoodie weather, but but it's also that kind of weather where you can wear like shorts and a long sleeve shirt, you know, like that kind of thing. And uh, it's just why, which I like that. I like the gloomy weather. I got to say, I love the Pacific Northwest. Like, like for me, I'd rather be on a gloomy beach that I'm like walking down it in pants versus like a really sunny one where everyone's out like sunbathing. Like maybe, I, maybe that's just the goth in me, but like that's just what I what I prefer. So, I mean, like, I just think of some of these amazing places I would drive my car. I was just sleeping in my car, too, like, wherever I wherever I ended up. Like, I was like, okay, I'm tired. I'll just sleep here for the night. This is where I lay. And, uh, you know, that album just kind of takes me back to that, which is insane. It's been almost five years. But, like, it, uh, you know, like, talking about attaching memories and stuff to an album and maybe why that's why I think it's their best album uh, might have something to do with that. But uh, R.I.P. The Sidekicks. I mean, they were they were really good, and I've been waiting about five years now for a uh, follow-up because that's always a sad thing when you find banner pilot kind of did the same thing to my ass though in 2014 because i had slept on banner pilot for years and years and years and had heard the name and didn't listen to him till souvenir came out 
And now that album's been out for almost a decade. I mean, it came out either end of 2013, beginning of 2014. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's getting up there. It's been a while. And I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know when they plan on doing another one. I feel like they'll they've kind of talked about it here and there. So I don't know that they'll never do one again. But, uh, you know, it's the same kind of deal where you get in this band and it's like, oh, my God, you find the back catalog and you find the new album and you love it. You're waiting for that next one. You're ready to see them on tour and they break up. You know, Banner Pilots toured a little, but not a whole lot, and uh, never anywhere near me. Even though, again, I lived in Minneapolis for a year there still. They didn't play any shows that I I don't believe they play any shows in 2019. Dillinger 4 played some shows, and they sold out every time before I could get tickets. Because uh, the Twin Cities do love their Dillinger 4. I can, te- I can attest to it, because uh, I slept on tickets a couple... Not even slept on them. They sold out before I could grab tickets. And uh, that's because, I mean, if you have a band like Dillinger 4 come from uh, you know the Twin Cities... I mean... You, you got to pay your respects. You just have to. But, um, but yeah, I did not get to see Manor Pilot live. I still haven't. I was actually Justin Vaughn to go back to him from low morale. We were talking, uh, I don't know. He posted something online not too long ago about Manor Pilot and some, I can't remember. Oh no, maybe it was just Manor Pilot. And I was like, I've never seen Banner Pilot either. And I would love to see them live and Dillinger Forks. I've never seen either live and same with new albums. Cause, uh, I, they, Dillinger Four has not released new albums since I discovered them and became a fan. So like, I would love something new from them, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, getting back to the whole, uh, you know, news story again, I get sidetracked, but I mean, that's, that's what these monthly rundowns are for. There's really no, I mean, even, even the news, I'm no news reporter. I mean, there's millions of music stories. I'm sure some more important than others. And I just, I just kind of throw a few on that look kind of interesting to me. You know, kind of, kind of some light lifting at the end of these, but uh, yeah, I feel like I got very sidetracked from the sidekicks. But I mean, very sad to see they broke up. But it was kind of one of those things where, like, they never said they broke up up until now, but you kind of thought they did. You know what I mean? Like, they never really toured. They didn't. You know, I think they did like one song in like 2020, maybe. I mean, they, Jerry Garcia, I think, was in the name, but um, I can't remember the rest of it. But like, you know. Really didn't do a whole lot. So it's just one of those things where, you, it, like, again, on the radio show, I'd say it constantly when I played something. I'm like, you know, this band hasn't broken up that that they've said, but they also haven't played in, you know, insert whatever number of years it had been when I was talking about them on the show, you know. So kind of sad, but good news, actually, on the reunion side, it is uh, had been announced that Head Automatica will be reuniting for their first show in over 10 years. They will be playing Furnace Fest 2023 which uh that should be pretty cool that's going to be going on in a burning birmingham alabama september 23rd and the 24th dates have been announced and tickets are on sale now too i believe but um i thought that was kind of cool i mean head automatica have not played or put out music forever but they're famously like when people talk about bands who have albums that have been shelved they've never seen the light of day head automatica is like the first band that comes to mind with swan damage i've never like, I remember reading about that in, like, alternative press, I mean, over a decade ago, probably at this point at least. And uh, and even then, I that's how that's how long it's been. I think when I read about it, it only been shelved for a few years. Like, at the time, it wasn't even that insane amount. I mean, it had been a while, but it, it was to the point where it's like, well, maybe they'll release it. Now, I don't know that they're ever going to release there. That's the light of day. And, uh, I mean, nothing on the front of them recording music, but they've announced that one show, so who knows. There's been, I mean, I, I don't have the list in front of me, but I know there's at least a few other bands kind of from that, like, early 2000s, mid-2000s era reuniting next year. I know When We Were Young Fest has a few on that I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, definitely some cool reunions. I like Head Automatica, though I will say, if I'm listening to Daryl, it's probably going to be Glassjaw. I'm probably more of a Glassjaw fan. 
Um, but I think I think Head Automatic is great too. And I also think the fact that uh, both of them, the way they sound and how great both of them are and how different they are also shows just how great he, uh, you know, Daryl is as a musician. I mean, or as a songwriter and all that. And it's funny too, because I didn't realize till maybe like a week ago that Vinnie Caruana from the movie Life played guitar for a real hot second in Head Automatica when they formed. I don't know if he was their original guitarist, and I don't even know if he played on anything, but like I didn't realize that till like a week or so ago. And it like blew my mind. I mean, obviously I knew Vinny and Daryl would know each other. Like last John the movie life obviously played a bunch together. But um I didn't know that he ever played. I guess I knew well, I knew Vinny played guitar. I've seen him play acoustic before, but I don't think of guitar when I think of Vinny Caruana and definitely never knew he was in uh Head Automatica. So now I gotta like look up some YouTube uh video and stuff. See if I assume he played live and stuff. So maybe there's like some live video. But uh yeah, I thought that was kind of cool to see that. And cool to see that they're playing a show. You know, I'm kind of a like again, like I'm kind of a casual fan, but I like Head Automatica. It's cool to see that. And uh they're you know, they're another one. I've never seen them live or Glassjaw. And uh I would love I would love to see them. I saw some video I was watching it like maybe yesterday on YouTube of like uh I don't know, it was like the last couple years of uh of uh Glassjaw playing and I forget too that they always change their lineups. I forget that the Glass John never really has the same lineup because Daryl's the only guy in it that I uh, noticed. But that band sounded so solid. They only had one guitarist in that one too. I know sometimes they have two, but uh, they sounded really, really good. It was a festival. I don't remember what country they were playing. It was from the last couple of years. Like it was pretty recent, and uh, they just sounded so, so good. And uh, you know, I'd love to see them live. Then they're another one. I mean, they play, but they're not out playing like you know six months out of the year or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, they'd be cool to see as well, too. And another little piece of music news I will uh, leave you with. I thought this was kind of cool. Iggy Pop, you know, if you haven't seen, he has a, a new record coming out here next month. But uh, he has an all-star backing band for him with some of these dates that he's going to be playing coming up on the uh, West Coast in California and Nevada. But he's going to have Andrew Watt, Chad Smith, and uh, Duff McKagan playing with him, which uh, I thought was pretty cool. That'd be the, the, the backing band. They're called the uh, Losers. And uh, I think that should be a, a pretty good. That should be a pretty good uh, show. I mean, just on top of, I feel like though anybody playing with him, I don't think you really care who's on stage because Ziggy Pop. But still, I mean, if you're gonna have a backing band, that's a uh, that's not a bad one. Same with when uh, you know uh, Mike Watt was playing with him for all those years in the Stooges. Um, I think that would have been cool. You know, I, I mean, I never saw him live, but I mean, to, to see that, and then it's kind of like the cherry on top is like, oh yeah, you also have like another punk rock legend on there that almost gets overshadowed. That's how, that's how like great the Stooges are that like Mike Watts on stage. And he's like the second thing, you know, he might actually, he's not even the second thing you notice. Like there's a bunch of things you notice before you even notice Mike Watt on stage, but uh, that'd be cool. I would love Iggy pops. One of those guys. I mean, I would love to see him live and like the show still seems like it'd be great. Like not one of those guys where it's like, well, he's not going to be very good, but I just want to say I saw him. Like he seems like he would still put on, a really solid show. I felt that way when I saw Bob Dylan a few years ago. I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, I, I do like Bob Dylan. I mean, I would, I would say I'm a little more than a casual Dylan fan, but I'm not like a diehard. But um, I was like, I gotta, I, I gotta go see him. And part of it was that it wasn't even so much of like it mattered how he's gonna sound. It's like it'd be cool to like say I saw Dylan and everything. But um, he ended up being. I don't even want to say surprising because that makes it sound like I thought he was gonna be shitty, and I didn't think that. But still, you're like, I don't know how it'll be. And then you hear people go sometimes he's hit or miss. But um, he was excellent in uh, 2019 when I saw him. And, uh, yeah, it was really, really good, and I was happy I got to see him. The price the price of tickets, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I felt like it was a – well, not really for Bob Dylan, but that was the thing. You, like, paid it. It was like when I went to see The Misfits. It was one of those things where it's like 
I should not pay this. I feel like a dumbass paying this, but I want to see Glenn, Glenn, uh, Glenn Danzig up there singing skulls. Like, you know what I mean? Like I gotta, I gotta go see that. So I'm like, I, I'll, I'll, plus fear was opening too. So, uh, that was, that was a, uh, actually that was another time I went and hung out with uh, Zach in Springfield, Illinois, shout out Springfield, Illinois and the band Attic Salt from there. They're a great band. They're really, I hope they put out another album soon. They're a really good pop punk band. They put out a good record a couple years ago, but, uh, yeah, that uh, Iggy Pop not playing anywhere near me, but I'm looking forward to that new record, and uh, hopefully he'll announce. I know he's doing a bunch of foreign dates next year, but uh, it's funny because I, I've, I guess I've seen it before, but I am starting to put together, which uh, you know, shame on shame on us Americans. I feel like Iggy Pop does better in other markets, in other countries. Like I feel like if you look at his touring, like that dude. I mean, obviously he does good here. But you don't really see Iggy Pop doing these huge, like, U.S. runs. Like, I feel like he'll do, like, you know, he'll do a couple on a coast. Or maybe, you know, like, I'm sure he'll hit, like, a Chicago or something like that. And he'll be on, like, a handful of festivals. But, like, most of, I feel like most of his stuff is uh, is all foreign, basically. Which, again, like, that's rad. But it's like with the Ramones, where it's like, I think it's so cool that all these other countries embrace them. But shame on us. We have one, like we have one of the greatest bands of all time. And it's like, if you ever want to, like, if you ever want to look at that, like the Ramones museum, isn't even in New York city. Like, wouldn't you think that New York city, like someone would have done that, like credit to Berlin and the people who uh, do it over there, the, the uh, Ramones museum. But it's like, don't, don't you think that would have like been thought of and, and done already in New York city, like long before, like, you know, shame on us. Like we have all these amazing artists that, you know, get so much more, uh, credit other places. Alster, Alster's another one, actually Alster, you know, that old, uh, you know, big in Japan, but they really are like, they're so much bigger in Japan than they are in the States. Though I will say, I mean, it was cool. They had a good turnout and anytime I've seen them live, I feel like they have a pretty good turnout cause they don't play over here so much. But again, you know, if people were like, coming to the shows and they were filled and they were playing, you know, huge theaters or arenas, of course they'd play the States all the time. Like, obviously there's less attendance over here, you know, even for someone like Iggy pop. And, uh, actually speaking of in the, uh, in the realm, I, I was, I was sad, but I did get, I mean, I really wasn't expecting to, uh, interview him, but I mean, I would love to interview uh, Iggy pop, but I was going to say, uh, like a month or so, or no, not a month or so ago, like a week or so ago, I did send out an interview request for John Cale because he has a new record coming out next month. And, uh, you know, it was shot in the dark, shot in the dark for sure. But, uh, yeah, I got I got back from his uh, record label. You know, I mean, not nothing bad, not like fuck off or anything. It was just like, yeah, he's not doing them at the moment or doing interviews at the moment or something like that. But uh, that would have been pretty cool to, uh, you know, speaking of legends, I mean, John Cale on, on your show, that would be pretty insane. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe he'll change his mind. He'll go back and listen to, like, I don't know, one of one of my uh, episodes, maybe, like, my top five Blink-182 songs episode, and he'll go, well, shit, I think I got to be on this guy's show. Like, I have to be, you know, because, like, everyone says, not not many people listen to this podcast, but everyone who does uh, went out and started their own podcast. It's kind of this 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 podcast kind of like the Velvet Underground in uh in that way is that nobody's listening to it, but the ten people that are, they all went and started their own podcast. They're all much more successful. But uh, yeah, that'd been cool to talk to John Cale. But I didn't think it was gonna happen. But then again, I think Greg Graffin was gonna happen, and it did. Same with John Doe actually, because I asked it like two years prior and uh, never got anything back, and uh, then asked again. And lo and behold, we had him on, and it was like one of the greatest interviews that I've ever done, and will probably always hold that deep in my heart with uh up there with the CJ Ramon one. I kind of like 
Like I can't knock CJ Ramon out of his part because it's like he was like the first real like let and one of the first actually that's the funny thing is like that's how cool he is one of the first like legends I interviewed but also just one of the first people I interviewed in general you know but it's also wild when you're starting out because I say like interviewing him same like Stephen Jenkins of Third Eye Blind like it was rad to interview him and it was like a five minute interview he was just doing a quick little press tour like you only got like five minutes with him but like. Still, like, even doing that when you've only done a handful of interviews, like, you're fucking nervous. Like, that's the guy from Third Eye Blind. Like, that's the singer of Third Eye Blind. Like, I'm playing him constantly. Um, that was a radio station I quit when I when I went to Maui but uh, and listened to a bunch of the sidekicks. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's kind of wild. Same with CJ. But CJ was – both of them were cool. But CJ I talked to for, like, a half hour. And I just remember what honor it was because we talked Tom Waits because he did a great cover of Pony on uh, his solo record, American Beauty. God, five years ago. And uh, that's when I interviewed him over five years ago now. But uh, and then obviously the Ramones uh, interviewed or not interviewed. They covered "I Don't Want to Grow Up," and Tom Waits covered the Ramones. I mean, the Ramones and Tom Waits do have mutual love, but uh, you know you don't see a whole lot in interviews. They don't they don't talk a lot about Tom Waits when they're like interviewing the Ramones. And uh, I got into it with CJ. I was like, I want to know all about it. Like, what's your favorite Tom Waits song? Like, what's an album you would you would tell someone to listen to? Like, how'd you get into Tom Waits? And uh, he thanked me after because he's like, normally, like, I'll, I'll, you know, talk to like, you know, a punk publication or something. And the second I, st- I bring up Tom Waits, it's like, oh, they like start changing the subject. So uh, I always thought it was really cool that he was like into all the Tom Waits talk. And I thought it was cool too because it's like, why wouldn't people want to hear this? It was, uh, it was really cool. So uh, yeah, that, that is out there if you've never listened to my uh, CJ Ramon interview. But, you know, like I, like, like I say, I mean, that one's always going to be like one of my all time favorites. And I feel like him and John Doe kind of sit like, side by side in my hearts in my in my heart I guess I only have one heart but um <laughs> um actually I think CJ uh I want to say they might even follow each other I don't I don't know why that's that's some uh I believe what every time I die I would call like Shinfo but like yeah I'm pretty sure John Doe and CJ Ramone maybe or maybe CJ Ramone follows John Doe and he's a fan of X I don't know something like that on Instagram I don't know it's something I've seen because I follow both of them on Instagram because I've interviewed both of them but uh yeah both uh, total legends that uh, I can't believe I got to talk to, but I'm just rambling now. I mean, we've—I feel like we've went on long enough. But uh, you know, and I was talking about it earlier, but again, like sincerely, thank you for uh, listening to the show, this episode, all the other ones. You know, it is—it has been a very busy year. Again, it was the first year that I really had guests almost on a weekly basis, and I went four hours on the radio show, and then got a job in radio as well at the same station. And, uh, you know, stayed quite busy, you know, so that's the thing with like also knocking the radio show down three hours. I also like when I, when I started doing four hours of the radio show, I didn't have much going on. We were coming out of the pandemic and I really was not all that busy. And, uh, then I got a job at the same radio station that I volunteer at. And, uh, you know, once I got a paid gig, I started getting pretty busy with other things. So, you know, cutting back that hour, but again, I'm sure I'll still use that hour finding guests or, uh, you know, just doing something else, building upon the podcast, maybe or on the radio show. Who knows? I'm, uh, I'm sure I'll still spend way too many hours on this show, but that is all right. Cause again, you're listening to it and I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah. So if you want to stay connected to the show, we're at power Court hour on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, what else hit me up? Power Court hour at gmail.com. Um, rate review and subscribe that would be great um listen to the radio show uh actually still this week if you're listening the last week of 2022 we will uh still have a four-hour episode for you 
So uh, that will still be going on this Friday, 8 to midnight Eastern on 107.9 WRFA. And uh, you can also stream it online, WRFALP.com. And, uh, yeah, if you want to listen to that. And then, yeah, next year we'll go three hours, 8 to 11 Friday nights, and then also Tuesdays, um, midnight to 3, which, again, if you're West Coast, that actually, I would say, works out quite well. So if you want to listen to a, a late-night radio show on Tuesdays, you got no, uh, you have no real excuse. That's, like, perfect. Like, what are you doing during those hours? Like, listen to my radio show, you know? But, uh, yeah, we, we will be back next year. I will say even stronger, and I'm going to look like, like a, a real dumbass if we don't come back stronger. But, uh, yeah, we will start off the year with my top 10 of 2022. I'm looking forward to uh, talking that. There's some really good albums this year. And, uh, yeah, then we'll have some guests for you. And, uh, you know, we'll have some returning people. We'll get some new people and uh, hopefully some more legends to, uh, you know, fit in my heart to uh, – Put right next to John Doe and C.J. Ramon. I guess it's all bass players, actually. Yeah, I guess it's singing bass players. That's the only... I only have space for uh, singing bass players in my heart. So, uh, Mark Hoppus, what's up, dude? Um, You know what to do. Hit me up. Have your people hit my people, which I am my people. So, just have them hit me up. And uh, we'll get shit going on that. We'll, we'll We'll get Mark Hoppus on next year. Actually, Blink does have that record coming out and that tour. And to be honest... I'm sure they need that power cord hour boost. I'm sure uh, being on the show will uh, sell that much more tickets and uh, albums. But uh, yeah, until next year, happy holidays, uh, happy new year. I'm Anthony Merchant for the power cord hour. Thank you so much for listening.